Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome everyone to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross. It is one of the finest runs in Novak Djokovic's storied careers. He wins his 19th major, his second French Open title. He comes back from two sets to love down against Stefano Tsitsipas in the final. It was the second time of the tournament that he was down two sets to none. He comes back again, wins it 6-4 in the fifth. He had just beaten Rafael Nadal. He becomes the first man to beat Nadal at Roland Garros and go on to win the trophy in that very same year. He becomes the first man in the open era to win all four major titles twice. He joins Rod Laver and Roy Emerson as the only three men to do so. And I, I always say this, but when I tell the story of Novak Djokovic, when I tell my kids about Novak Djokovic, there's a lot to say. There's a lot of things going on. But I'd probably start with the mental toughness. And oh, did he show it throughout this tournament run. After losing the first set, six love in last year's Roland Garros final to Rafael Nadal. After losing the Rome final to Rafa Nadal in the fashion that he did as Nadal went on a massive run of points in the third set. A dominant run of points. And then to start that match and to go down five love. Think about all of that momentum that is going against the Serb. And he continued to search for answers. To, to solve the puzzle, to find the solution. Never stop doing that. And he never stopped doing that in this match either. Um, so it is one of my favorite things in the world. It is a Monday after a major, and I have some very exciting things to talk about when it comes to this match. So I'll take you through it real quick in a bit of a, a preview fashion. Uh, I want to talk about the age gap here and how it played a role. I want to talk about Djokovic's forehand and how he changed its use and uh, the Tsitsipas uh, uh, backhand fits into that narrative as well. I want to do some micro-analysis of the break of serve at one all in the fifth set. Uh, I'd like to talk about Novak Djokovic's drop shot, and I would like to talk about Djokovic's offensive returning. That is what we have in store. Steve Flink interview coming up. That'll be on Wednesday and a live mailbag on Friday. All mailbags from now on, I want them to be live. All right, without further ado, I want to basically repeat myself. This is something that I talked about after the 2019 Australian Open final when Djokovic defeated Dominic Team in five sets. And it goes like this. There is a mismatch in these matchups. There's a mismatch. And a lot of people think, well, the mismatch is going to be physical. How could a 34-year-old in Novak Djokovic, how could he outlast a 22-year-old in Stefano Tsitsipas? A couple years back, 
Dominic Team must have been maybe 25 or 26. I think 25. And Novak would have been two years younger as well. How could that happen? Where's the mismatch? There must be a physical mismatch, right? There's not. It doesn't exist. It's not there. You can think that it should be there. You can wonder why it's not there. You could ask me why it's not there. I don't have an answer for you. All I can tell you is it's not there. There is zero physical mismatch. It's non-existent for Novak Djokovic right now against these younger opponents. There's certainly not a technical mismatch. That's not the case. Novak has all the skills, if not more skills, more weapons uh, to match anyone, anyone in the world. Here's the mismatch. The mismatch is experience. That's the mismatch. It's not physical. It's experience. That's what is making a difference in these major finals in which the big three has not lost one of them in a very long time. Um, if you count like Stan as part of, if you make it like a big five and you count Stan and Murray, it hasn't happened since Del Potro where a young guy beats big three in a major final. I believe I'm correct in saying that. So where's the mismatch here? Experience. This was Novak's 29th major final. 29th. It was Tsitsipas' first. Well-deserved. Really great for him that he got there. More on that later. Novak goes into a fifth set. He was 4-1. and one, Major final. Fifth set. He's been there five times. He's won four times. That is invaluable. The way that Djokovic served out this match, the way that he closed it, cold-blooded, could his opponent have done that? Could Stefano Tsitsipas have done that? I don't think so. The whole time, and going into this matchup, it's kind of to be expected that the Greek has the game, has the tools to play with Novak Djokovic. He's got it. He has the skills to get close to the finish line, maybe to sniff the finish line. But does he have the experience to cross it in his first major final? That's the missing piece. That's what he doesn't have. He said after the match, I learned after this match that winning two sets doesn't mean anything against these guys. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't. And Tsitsipas both took his foot off the gas and Novak grew in confidence, solved some problems, adjusted, and played his best tennis in the latter three sets. Both of those things happened. But did he go away for a bit? Did Tsitsipas go away, end of the third set, entirety of the fourth set? Yeah, can you do that? Can you afford to do that? No. He raised his game again in the fifth set. That's too late. Uh, so this experience is good for Stefano Tsitsipas. And I said this before the match, I'll say it again. He needs to lose these matches before he's ready to win them. So step one is complete. Lose that match. He needs to, this is, most players need this in their career before they can take the next step forward. And I would be stunned if Tsitsipas is never lifting that trophy in Paris that Djokovic lifted this Sunday. I'd be stunned if Stefanos doesn't get his turn. turn. Um, but Novak's mental resolve in this tournament, his unbreakable will, his constant problem solving, that's what sticks out to me more than anything. But now let's get to some tactics. Novak, forehand down the line, becomes a, a big key here. Because early on, 
Tsitsipas is really getting the better of the forehand-to-forehand cross-court exchanges. And the conditions are quick. The court is dry. The ball's bouncing high. And Tsitsipas gets so much, so much RPM on his forehand, more than Novak. And it was hopping up like crazy. It was bouncing up high over Novak's shoulders. And it was it was being hit with an angle where it was bouncing not only high, but up and away from Novak. And Djokovic was having to basically uh, almost leap, leap up in the air on every forehand just to reach it. And we saw the difference that Tsitsipas being the six foot five figure that he is, extremely imposing, pretty heavy as well. He's got a, a heavyweight forehand. And Novak's forehand, I'd, I'd say in this tournament, it's a it's it's good. It's a light heavyweight forehand. Not quite that heavyweight forehand. And and Stefanos on on that exchange was winning, was looking overpowering. Novak was looking underpowered on the forehand-to-forehand rally. Meanwhile, Tsitsipas's backhand, when he had to hit him, they were patient and they were solid. They were perfect. Uh, they He wasn't trying to do too much. He was waiting for his forehands. And it was a key early on. Now, T- uh, Djokovic started off pretty hot. Very, I thought he, he was playing really well in the start. And Tsitsipas's first serve bailed him out. He hit seven aces in this first set. He plays some long service games early on in the match where he once hit three consecutive aces from down break point to hold. And that was extremely key for Stefanos to just keep his nose ahead in the first set. Novak ends up getting loose and and plays um, some error-filled tennis late in the first set, loses the tie break. Uh, but it's the forehand-to-forehand exchange that tactically is a problem. In the second set, Novak really plays an uninspired set. It, it was tactically really desolate. Novak just hitting the ball, uh, giving Tsitsipas way too many forehands. Of all the sets, uh, Stefanos only hit 37% backhands in the second set. Every other set, which was they were all competitive, Novak made Stefanos hit over 40% backhands. But in the second set, only 37%. So there were no tactics there. Uh, Djokovic was just really uh, emotionally flat. And Marion Vida said after the match, it was just, he just needed a spark. He was suffering from a bit of a hangover from from the Nadal match. But also, I think, I don't don't know why. It's a little bit puzzling to me. Obviously, he remedies it. Uh, If he had lost the match, if Novak had lost this match, I would have been kind of scratching my head about the second set. I would have been thinking to myself, why why was he so flat after losing that first set in the second? Because he didn't play a terrible first set. He made a lot of mistakes. He had his chances in the first set and, you know, didn't end up capitalizing on him. Made a lot of mistakes. But I was surprised with the second set. Anyway, after the second set, Novak goes off the court and... As soon as he comes back, he's a little bit reinvigorated. But the tactics change, and here's the key. In sets one and two, Djokovic hit 55% of his forehands cross-court, 45% of his forehands down the line. And that's actually a good amount of down-the-line forehands, but still not enough because in sets three and four, and I, I don't have the stats for set, set five, the broadcast never showed it, but in sets three and four, Djokovic hits 10% more of his forehands down the line. Instead of hitting majority cross-court, 
he goes 55% down the line, 45% cross court. And if you watch most of these baseline rallies, the vast, vast majority of them, the rule for Novak is never hit cross court forehands twice in a row. Same goes for the backhand, really, but but never do it twice in a row. You have to go there because otherwise Tsitsipas will camp in his backhand corner and it'll be really hard to get it to his backhand. So you have to go to his forehand, but go there hard and only go there once. Change direction on the next ball. And that's how Novak Djokovic was getting uh, Tsitsipas to hit more and more backhands. And then when that happened, um, something very interesting happened on the Stefano Tsitsipas side of the net, which is that his backhand was just not quite as patient. I'd say, and I always give credit to Craig O'Shaughnessy, who now works with the Italian Tennis Federation. I think that's what it's called, but Italian Tennis uh, used to work with Novak. Uh, he he has an analogy that the forehand is the sword and the backhand is the shield, and I and Tsitsipas is a real embodim, embodiment of that. And he really executed that in the opening two sets. And Tsitsipas, in the first two sets, hit two unforced errors on his backhand. Two. And latter three sets, the ones that Novak won, three, four, and five, ten backhand unforced errors. No longer was it automatic. No longer was it as patient or as solid and Tsitsipas was taking risks now and misfiring sometimes. And he made some, but he missed some. And that's what Novak needed. That's what he was looking for in these baseline rallies. But the fact that Novak can do that, the fact that he can do it against a righty and he had just done it against a lefty, it speaks to his well-roundedness from the baseline. It speaks to the fact that he has every single shot in the book. And if you have a hole, Novak will find it. So let's take a look at how he exploited Tsitsipas' backhand corner in a crucial 1-2 game in the third set. And at this point, I felt that both players had a lot of energy, including Tsitsipas. And he still believed that he was in control of the match. And Novak was still looking for his confidence. But this is a long service game at 1-2, back and forth. And I'm going to pick it up when Tsitsipas has a game point at 1-2. And let's watch this now. So Djokovic doesn't get the return to the backhand, goes once to the forehand, and beautiful to the backhand, draws the slice error by Tsitsipas, right? So once to the forehand to open up the space, now the backhand is open, and I can find the error. Okay, next one. Here we go. Return up the middle. Tsitsipas goes hard to the backhand, finds himself a forehand. Now Novak finds the backhand down the line. They trade. Novak goes once to the forehand. Okay, now to the backhand because it's opened up. And another slice error. Same combination twice in a row. Now on the next point, break point, Djokovic is able to pound the second serve return to the Tsitsipas backhand. And he goes down the line. Oh no, that's not an unforced error, but it's a forced error. What was he doing there? Was he treating the backhand like his sword or his shield? He went down the line trying to find the open court off of a ripped Djokovic return. That was too ambitious. And Djokovic gets the miss 
by finding the Pass backhand and Pass just lacking the same discipline that he had in the opening two sets and missing that shot instead of uh, playing so solidly on it like he did especially in set one, but also in set two. Let me move on to now uh, the next tactical key. I want to. I think the the fifth set break of serve deserves some micro analysis, and there is nothing that credits Novak more, I believe, in this match than really watching this game at one all in the fifth set over again. If you watch this game over again, you can begin to appreciate just how good and locked in Djokovic was at this point in the match because Tsitsipas did very little wrong in this game. He did one thing wrong in the game. He did not make first serves. That's it, though. Everything else, he made some great plays. He hit a great backhand drop shot in this game. He hit a great backhand down the line winner in this game. Um, he hit a great backhand cross court that forced a, a backhand error from Novak. He did a lot of good things. Um, Novak was just that, that good. Now, one thing is he hits what I believe is the shot of the match, the hardest shot of the match at 15 all in this game. When Pass hits a perfect drop shot and Novak not only gets to it, but hits an insane angle. And I know this wasn't a winner, so maybe people won't be replaying this over and over again and it won't be on the highlight reels, but that shot is absolutely bananas. So that's at 15 all. So Tsitsipas should have been up 30-15 for sure. Then Novak misses a return, his worst mistake of the game on the next point. It could have been 40-15, but it wasn't. And let's pick up things with uh, Tsitsipas having a game point. And Djokovic is going to hit um, some incredible defensive shots here. So let me just tell you before, before we look at these points. Here's the common themes in this return game from Djokovic. Three keys. First one, no mistakes. First thing, obviously. Next, return to the backhands and superlative defense, outrageous defense. Those are the three keys, okay? So let's start this with um, add in for Tsitsipas. All right, the serve, return to the backhand. Tsitsipas goes cross court. Djokovic open stance, can't get it to the backhand. And now on this one, he somehow gets it there. Forces the Tsitsipas drop shot, and Djokovic puts it away. It's incredible that from this position, open stance for Novak with Tsitsipas pretty much camped in his backhand corner. It's unbelievable that Novak was able to get Tsitsipas to hit a backhand on this ball. And for Stefanos, once again, he should have accepted that Novak defended too well and to just give up offensive standing in the point. Just trade this backhand back cross court. That would have been the better play. But instead, he again, he tries to make the backhand a sword. He goes for the drop shot. And Novak anticipates it, gets up to it easily, and hits the winner. Now it is deuce. And once again, we're going to see the serve return to the backhand. Now Novak's going to slice cross court. That one actually skids off the line. And Tsitsipas shanks the backhand. Add out. Break point for Djokovic. Return to the backhand. Tsitsipas goes down the line. Look at that neutralization by Djokovic. Really almost a counterattack. And again, we freeze the frame on the Djokovic forehand defense. The last place 
that Tsitsipas thinks this ball is going to go is back down the line into his backhand. The cross court is open. He thinks he's going to get a forehand, but not only does Novak go back down the line to the Stefanos backhand from a defensive position, but he hits it with such incredible depth that he draws the error. This one-all game is the break of serve that gives Djokovic the advantage, and from there, he never drops his serve with great play on his front foot. But Stefanos didn't play that badly. He didn't make enough first serves, but he didn't play that badly in this one-all game. So uh, props to, to Novak for an incredible game there. Um, I did talk about Djokovic and his ability to hold serve. Well, the drop shot was really, really key for Novak in offensive positions, and it deserves love. And I don't think any analysis of this match is complete without talking about Djokovic's drop shot, especially because it was much maligned in last year's tournament. And the Novak drop, drop shot here has gone from a crutch to a weapon, straight up. Juxtaposed. Djokovic's drop shot juxtaposed with his heavy forehand and his strong depth is really something very difficult to deal with. He pins Tsitsipas back with his depth, and when the ball lands short, he just has well-disguised, perfectly-placed drop shots on such a consistent basis. So Novak hits 27 drop shots in this match, and 11 of them ended the point outright. Only one of them was missed. 27 drop shots, 11 end the point. One unforced error, and then the rest were Stefano Tsitsipas got the next ball back in play. He likely lost a majority of those points, but I actually think uh, Tsitsipas came in with a good game plan on Novak's drop shots, and he he did exactly what I thought he needed to do, which was mix it up and use the short angle cross court. Props to Apostolos, props to Stefanos, everyone who who remedied that. And, and knew that he needed to add that to his game. Great job there. The problem was so many of the drop shots Tsitsipas could not even get a racket on. He, was, he wasn't able to do what Nadal did in last year's final, which is move up the court position and you know really just cover the drop shots a little bit better. He's fast, but he's just really far back a lot of the time. He's, uh, he's in the land of the magical clay quarter. Remember I talked about that after Stefanos won Monte Carlo. And I talked about how Tsitsipas, uh, with how strong and how fast he is and how heavy he hits, when he's 10 feet behind the baseline, he can create offense and be well positioned defensively, really in the same parts of the courts. And it's a, a magical power in the modern clay court game. Well, Novak's drop shot puts a bit of a wrench in that, doesn't it? Because you have to press up a little bit and cover that shot when you drop the ball short. No longer is 10 feet behind the baseline the most advantageous defensive position against Novak. You you want to move up a little bit and maybe, maybe you have to make him hit it through you instead of uh, allowing that drop shot to be an open and effective option. The last thing I want to talk about is Novak's offensive returning. If you look at the first two sets, uh, Tsitsipas won the short rally, zero through four shots, very, very handedly. And throughout the match, well, uh, a little bit over 50% of the points in the match were played under four shots. I think it was uh, around 53 or 54%. 
So if Tsitsipas has a big edge there, that's uh, going to be significant. That's going to keep Djokovic from dominating the match, however however you, you look at it. And the big thing that's changed is that Djokovic goes from losing the short points badly to winning them slightly, just getting a slight edge. But he had a, a good advantage as well in the medium-length rallies and the long rallies. A lot of that was, again, keeping the ball on Tsitsipas's backhand, superior shot tolerance, really good finishing, moving the ball around, and, and all of those things. Um, but in the short points, he was able to really turn things around here. And I think the biggest difference was not really the, the, plus, the serve plus one game. I, I think that Djokovic was good on his front foot. Again, using the serve plus drop shot pretty regularly, but also able to club the forehands and not miss a lot and come to net and um, all of that good stuff. But Tsitsipas, he's better there. He's even better than Novak. He was imposing in the plus one game. He serves bigger than Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal for that matter if we want to go there. He serves bigger. His forehand was good. It was strong. And I thought that both players got a good, you know, uh, good efficiency on their attackable balls that they were able to generate off of their serves. But I think the biggest difference in this match, in zero through four shots, in the short points, was that Novak was using his return very dynamically as a shot of opportunity. Tsitsipas was not using his return as a shot of opportunity. He was using it as a shot of survival. That was the first the first serve return. The first serve return was a shot of survival. The second serve return was a shot of starting the point a little bit. There was some aggression. There was some aggression, but not as good as Novak. Not even close. And on the first serve, forget about it. No aggression whatsoever. Just trying to be neutral. Well, Novak... I can't say that that's an abnormal strategy for Tsitsipas. I can't even say that's a wrong strategy. But if you compare it to Novak and you dig into the numbers, you see that that is the difference in the short points. Because there's very few between these guys in all of the other categories of short point play, from serving to hitting your first forehand to coming to net and finishing points there where they were nearly identical from a success rate perspective. But Djokovic was able to do damage off his return. Immediate damage. Short rallies on the return. Tsitsipas, not even a little bit. So here's the numbers, folks. Uh, Tsitsipas' serve. Djokovic hit eight winners and forced 10 errors in zero through four points, zero through four shot points on the Greeks' serve. Okay, so think that's 18 finishes. Now let's go to the Serb serve. Tsitsipas hit four winners, two forced errors. That's eight finishes in total. Sorry, six finishes in total. So six versus 18, a really big discrepancy. The difference in short rallies over the course of a match, a clear indication that Novak was using his return to put pressure on Stefanos. Tsitsipas, not so much. No pressure, just neutral. So that's a big difference, right? And uh, I thought that was very, very significant. So those are my thoughts on how Novak Djokovic was uh, was able to, to get it done in this match. Overall, 2021, just a quick assessment 
for for Novak and what this means. And I'm going to just resist the urge to look ahead to, to Wimbledon too much. But um, this is obviously a massive development because I do believe that this is his weakest surface. And what he was able to do here for me uh, overall, right, not just looking at this Pass match because I don't think, you know, in, in my when I'm mapping out Monday match analysis, this wasn't going to come up in the tactical keys. But if I'm looking at an overarching view of Djokovic's clay court season, it's really about increasing his racket speed, upping the forehand RPM, using it to establish angles that he previously was not creating on this surface, mastering the use of the drop shot. Those are the the main bullet points for me. And then continuing the strong first serve plus one play that we saw in Australia. You know, moving that over to the clay courts, it was less effective. It's going to be less effective. Djokovic loses some use of his kicking, or excuse me, his slicing second serve, goes to his kicking second serve, which is not quite as strong, still has some trouble uh, with being the, the less powerful on the court, on uh, on a clay court against someone like Tsitsipas or someone like Nadal, but did so many other things on the return and moving the ball around and tactically uh, did so many other things better that he was able to overcome that. And it was one of the great runs of Novak Djokovic's career in a major, uh, no doubt about that. So congratulations to Novak, congratulations to his fans. Once again, um, there's more French Open coverage coming, a Steve Flink interview that will be out on Wednesday, a live mailbag that will be on Friday, and um, that is all. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Gil underscore Gross. Uh, a good time to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm available on all podcast platforms. I hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.